Let's look ahead to Saturday, the final day of the week for week six. We're talking streaming options. We're giving an injury update for fantasy basketball, the NBA, and of course, the one and only Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and this is a message for Father Christmas. Unless you put Jackson back on the good list, I will also punch your beard off. I'm also the lead fantasy analyst at basketballmonster.com, and you can find me on Twitter as always at redrock underscore bball, on TikTok at redrock underscore bball, and on Instagram at locked on fantasy basketball. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, use the code, create an account, or actually create an account first, then use the code locked on NBA, and you get $20 off your first purchase. Thank you also for making locked on fantasy basketball your first listen every day. We are free and we are available on all platforms. There are uh, an abundance of games on Saturday, 12 of them. There are zero games on Sunday, and then we get ready for week seven, one of the weirdest fantasy weeks that we will have ever. It is in-season tournament, final week in week seven. There will be a show tomorrow about that, about looking at it, but we're going to give some tips and pointers throughout this show too. So be aware, be prepared, be ready. So we're talking Saturday's games. There are actually just an absolute shit ton of injuries um, that we need to look at and statuses that have not been updated. As I just looked now, there's a bunch of updates just come through. Love that. Love when I hit record and the injuries all come through. Anything interesting? Um, yes, some interesting things. All right, we'll go through those when we get to it. All right, let's do that. So let's look at some injury updates. We do know that Chris Paul will be out for the Golden State Warriors. There are six teams that are playing a Friday, Saturday back-to-back. That's worth mentioning. The Magic, the Pelicans, the Mavericks, the Suns, the Grizzlies, and the Nuggets. So their injury stuff's going to be very up in the air and could be influenced by what happens on Friday. Chris Paul is out. Jaden McDaniels is out for the Timberwolves. I'm going to go ahead and rule Markel Fultz out. Until they tell me he's not out, I'm going to rule him out. Um, and they haven't told me that he's, uh, that he's not out. So there you go. He still remains out for me. The other one is uh, Wendell Carter, obviously still out there in Orlando. We heard the news today that the skater boy, Zach Levine, tried to kickflip, and he's out with a foot, foot soreness for at least a week. That whole situation continues to be um, annoying, um, frustrating. Um, yeah, just the worst, honestly. And with him out, obviously, Kobe White, he should you should have been rostering him all season. Patrick Williams is a guy that I would consider grabbing. Alice Caruso is the, the next guy there. Dasumu gets the boost if DeRozan is out. DeRozan is officially questionable. I would not prioritize Dasumu. Uh, well, I'd deprioritize him behind White, Caruso, Williams with the Levine absence. Dasumu probably won't start unless DeRozan is out. He was good last game, but that's just usually not what he's like. So then we get through that one right there. Um, Tyler Hero also still out for the Miami Heat. That that return is probably coming next week, but he's still out. Jalen Smith sticks. He is out for Indiana still. We're going to assume that the Duck, Luke Kennard, is out. Obviously, Jar Morant still remains out um, uh, in Memphis. Um, Amen Thompson is out. He's doing a little bit of work at the moment, so probably another week away, I would say there. Paddy Connaughton is out with the ankle sprain. I When you have this ankle sort of ankle sprain, and it doesn't look great in-game, and you leave the game and don't return. It's not quite the same as a soft tissue to me. 
but I'm going to expect that Pat misses next week would be my guess. And then we get to the ones where it is speculation. Well, this one's not speculation. CJ McCollum won't play on Saturday. He will play on Friday, but he won't play on Saturday as he returns from the pneumothorax with the travel and the back-to-back. He won't play, but he will play the game on Tuesday. So we know that CJ will be out on Saturday. The prevailing wisdom through me, but also through Pelicans people, is that we won't have Zion Williamson play in that game on a back-to-back, and we also won't have Trey Murphy play in that game on a back-to-back. Now, I've listed Zion and Trey both as doubtful for Saturday. They are playing Friday. Trey Murphy is playing Friday. CJ McCollum is playing Friday. Zion Williamson is playing Friday. But for Saturday on a back-to-back, all of those guys will be out. And this is very, very important because it means your fringe Pelicans, Jordan Hawkins, Dyson Daniels, maybe Jose Alvarado, he's questionable as well. But it's mainly Hawkins and Daniels, even Najee Marshall, have some value on Saturday. But the important thing with that is the Pelicans have qualified for the in-season tournament. So we're just going to be scrambling for rotation guys on these in-season tournament teams to boost our games played in Week 7. So we get an opportunity for Daniels and Hawkins to play 35 minutes on Saturday, which even though there's 12 games on, you would start them most likely on a 12-game day, and then you get the added boost of even getting 20 minutes out of them on Monday or Tuesday, whenever that first game is. And if they win, you get another 20 minutes or so from them on Thursday. The other thing I think to pay attention to with the in-season tournament is that I think teams are going to squeeze the rotation They're going to tighten it up, and they're going to play bigger minutes to guys. So don't expect like 34 minutes, 35. I think some of the guys will get 40. I think like Halliburton will play 40 minutes, and you get 33 out of Miles Turner and 38 out of Bruce Brown, and you might get 37 out of Ingram. I don't know how much Zion pushes up to, but you'll get big minutes, I think, as teams push to win like it's a playoff series. Not like it's the conference finals, not like it's an NBA finals, but like it's a first-round playoff series. I think you're going to get maybe the one guy cut out of the rotation, and like a 10% increase in minutes across the main guys. That's how I'm projecting this out for next week. And that all just ties into the Pelican stuff. Uh, Gabe Vincent, I don't expect back, but we don't have that Lakers update yet. We've got old mate, um, car finger legend, Andrew Wiggins missed the last game after slamming his finger in that door. His return will impact quite a lot of stuff, quite obviously, just in terms of minutes distributions. Brandon Miller and Big Dick Nick Richards missed the last game. Miller with an ankle problem. Richards with a concussion, which seems to be lingering, and they both have significant impacts. Bryce McGowan's was pretty good last game for Miller. He'll have no impact if Brandon plays. But if Richards does play, what does that do for PJ Washington? What does it do for Mark Williams? Now, it's very, very clear that Mark Williams and PJ Washington are better players than Nick Richards. But that doesn't mean that Nick Richards won't impact them because he, he might. So we need to pay attention to that. The other one there is Goose. Anthony Edwards dealing with a hip issue. I don't think that he plays. I, I, I don't know, but I don't. It was a scary fall. He couldn't really move. He missed last game. I think he, I think he will miss this game. Having a, a screwed up hip, you can't really play anywhere near your best basketball. So that's not ideal. And if he is out, what we saw was Troy Brown starting, but it was the usage and the uh, opportunities going to Nikhil Alexander-Walker, and he would have become an excellent stream if Edwards is out. And we've got it basically written in stone. Kyle Anderson is a backup power forward. That's what he is now. He's not playing at the three really at all. I've probably got the details on how much he has played at at the three. We also just got right now, as I'm recording this, and this is, again, the NBA moves quickly. Things are always just changing as, as it happens. Um, Bam Adebayo is ruled out for Saturday's game. Um, you will see him come up in a second on a slide listed as questionable, but he is uh, out. Um, who else is? Jimmy Butler is probable as well. So Bam is out. All right. I Hayward Highsmith returns. Duncan Robinson's okay. I don't know what they do. 
they've been they started Thomas Bryant in his position in every single game they start Thomas Bryant and go yeah the guy's dreadful and then they don't play him and then Orlando Robinson outplays him and then the next game they go oh how about this young uh, upstart this young guy here oh Tom Thomas Bryant maybe we'll give him a go and then he fails and the next time they go back hmm who can we play oh it says Thomas Bryant's a center let's play him and they do it again Will they fall for the banana in the tailpipe once more for like the fourth time this season? Or will they just start Orlando Robinson and Kevin Love? I don't know. Um, with the 12-game slate on, I'm not taking the risk of the Thomas Bryant uh, Jedi mind trick experience. Um, let's go to the next slide. Royce O'Neal. He missed the last game. He is off the injury report, so he's ready to go. Dennis Smith Jr., I believe, has been upgraded to probable. Let me double-check that before I start spouting off. Uh, yes, he has been upgraded to probable. John Isaac is playing on Friday, but I'm still going to list him questionable for Saturday's game on the back-to-back. And in very, very good news, or also perhaps very confusing news, Boyan Bogdanovic has been upgraded to probable. So Boyan is probable for the Pistons. How the hell all that works, I don't know. And if they don't bench Isaiah Stewart to start Boyan Bogdanovic, I'm going to be upset. But they could just bench Isaiah Livers. I don't know what they're going to do. Boyan is a guy to grab. Upside is relatively low, but you do want to grab him. Dean Wade is questionable, and DeMar DeRozan is officially questionable. Back to Boyan and the Pistons. They also, completely out of nowhere, hey, Asar Thompson's got a facial fracture. He's probable. Excuse me? What? What? Did uh, him and Monty get into a fight? Why would you be probable with a facial fracture? Is he going to come out Batman style? I don't know where this came from. Like I said on yesterday's recap show, I am holding Asar Thompson, and I am holding Jaden Ivey. I don't have to drop them straight away. Them being benched for one game does not mean that they are benched the entire season. Because if that did hold true, then they wouldn't have moved to the bench in the first place because they started the game before. And Ivy's already been back and forth. We make decisions based on guys that are available and whether we need to make these calls. And look, they are obviously towards the back end of your roster. But that move yesterday doesn't mean that it's an automatic drop and it doesn't mean it's an automatic ad for a Killian Hayes or, or Isaiah Livers, obviously. The next bunch of injuries, like I said, there are a lot of them. And oh, actually, I need to before I get into the next bunch of injuries, I do need to tell you that today's episode is brought to you by Fangel Sportsbook. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on Fangel, so do the NBA offers, in fact. And right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's never been a better time to get in on the action. If we go and have a look, what are the odds for MVP over on FanDuel? Jokic is far and away the favorite, and then second is Doncic, and third is Embiid. Shea's down at fifth at plus 1,000? That's not right. What? I would be plus 1,000 for Shea. Hmm. The favorites for the in-season tournament, Boston, Milwaukee, and the Kings' third favorite. Very interesting. And in-season tournament MVP, Jason Tatum is the favorite with De'Aaron Fox in second place. Fangio's got some interesting odds, but you've got to put your $5 money line bet on first and you get your $150 in bonus bets. Um, and then you can use it on parlays, in-season tournament bets, sides, totals, props, futures. It's all there. So go to Fangio.com slash locked on and get into the NBA season. Fangio, an official partner of the NFL. And don't forget to gamble responsibly. Told you there's a lot of injuries, and I feel like I'm just going too like um, I feel like I'm going too in depth here, but that's all right. Jose Alvarado is questionable for Friday's game, so I'm going to put him questionable for Saturday's game. Matty Ryan is doubtful for Friday, so I'm going to put him questionable for Saturday. 
Uh, Bam Adebayo was questionable. He is out. Andre Jackson Jr. is officially questionable. Devin Booker is out for Phoenix on Friday. That is not a shock at all. I'd originally listed him doubtful. Then they listed him questionable. And okay, dickheads. Like, he's not going to play. He is not going to play. But I don't know what's going to happen Saturday. I think that that questionable tag on Booker looks more like a doubtful tag. And they save him, get him ready for the tournament game next week. Xavier T. Illman. It is a back-to-back here for Memphis. So if Tillman... If Tillman does not play in the game on Friday, then I would say that he is a chance of playing on Saturday. If Tillman does play in Friday's game, then I would say he is out on Saturday. I would think coming back from this nebulous knee soreness would put him at risk, uh, and he wouldn't play the back-to-back. So we're just going to see which one he does play. Luka Doncic and Dante Exum are both out for Friday's game for personal reasons. Luka and his partner had a baby, so I guess there's a significant chance that he does not play on Saturday's game. Um, Exum, I'm not sure what the situation is there. Timmy Hardaway is questionable for Friday. He would get a big, big boost, and so would Josh Green if Luka is out. We'll get more of an idea about that on Friday. Maybe they run Jaden Hardy. I don't know. I don't know why Hardy's so down far, so far down the list, but that's what's happening. And then Maxi Kleber, I don't really have a timeline on it. I don't expect that he plays. In Utah, both Jordan Clarkson and Lowry Markinen are questionable. With Markinen, or if Markinen misses, we do look at Simone Fontecchio. If Clarkson misses, Colin Sexton's the guy that steps in and you can stream there. And I really don't think they're going to continue the Omo Yurt 7 starting experience. Maybe they do. Maybe I've lost my mind. In Denver, this is a back-to-back for Denver. Um, at the moment, we don't have um, statuses on these guys. But what we know that Aaron Gordon and Jamal Murray are both questionable for Friday's game. Murray returned from the hamstring injury, looked to tweak his ankle straight away, and Gordon's missed like three games with a heel problem. You would expect, or I would expect, and maybe you would expect that also, that if Murray does play on Friday, he won't play on Saturday with an ankle problem and returning from a hamstring. Seems unlikely he'd play the back-to-back. And I think the same goes for Gordon. If Gordon plays Friday, he'll probably be out on Saturday. Keegan Murray officially practiced, so it looks like that questionable tag is closer to probable. While the wild thing, Jay Sean Tate and Fred Van Vliet are both off the injury report they missed last game. They're both off and ready to go. And then we've got a bunch of the Lakers injuries. Rui Hachimura, Jackson Hayes, Jared Vanderbilt Bar, and Cam Reddish. I think Reddish will play. I think Rui's a chance. I think Vanderbilt's probably closer to doubtful. And Hayes is probably a true questionable there. Really hard to know, but they're full rotation players and it impacts things like Wood. It impacts things like Reddish if he plays and then Christie and all these trickle-down effects. The 20 minutes we're giving to Jalen Hood-Shafino, that rotation can change up quite a bit. And then there's two probable tags. Peyton Watson's probable for Friday. I think he would play both games. And Paulo Bunquero is probable on a back-to-back there on Friday as well. I think he might have actually just been ruled in. I'm just going to double-check that think they ruled him in. Yeah, so he is in for Friday, Paolo. So I expect that he's ready to go and plays on um, Saturday. I told you, so many injuries we needed to get to. And now that's that's because a lot of things that are going to change. Now we need to get in and, and look at the actual streaming options for the games on, um, on Saturday to try and win your week in a points league. Yahoo points. These are the guys that I'm looking at. Remember, yes, Dyson Daniels' last game was not very good. Yes, Dyson Daniels may not have a good game on Friday, but Zion, CJ, and Trey Murphy are all likely to be out on Saturday. So Dyson Daniels plus the in-season tournament boost becomes an option. Keontae George. I think Keontae George's value will be helped when Larry Markkinen returns, but he's a starting point guard who had 28 usage last game and played 33 minutes. That's enough in a points league to take a flyer on, even though there's inconsistency. 
like Daniels, we've got Jordan Hawkins as a pretty good option, I think, with all those guys out. I've got Reggie Jackson with an asterisk because that is me assuming that Jamal Murray does not play. Now, if Murray sits Friday and plays Saturday, then I'm not going to be looking at Reggie Jackson as a stream. But if Murray does sit, as my current expectation is, then Reggie's a guy. Uh, Malik Beasley, he's been on an absolute tear, but most importantly, he's playing a lot of minutes, and that's going to sustain because Pat Connaughton's not going to be available. So we do like Leaky Beasley there, and then Derek Lively at 45% rostered. Um, he probably does hurt Derek a little bit if Luca is out, but they're not going to just all of a sudden turn to Dwight Powell or Rashawn Holmes. So Lively is going to have pretty significant value there. For ESPN points, it's literally the same list of guys, except ESPN gives the bonus to three-point shooters. So I'm going to throw Duncan Robinson in the mix there instead of Derek Lively. So we've got Daniels, Keontae George, Jordan Hawkins, Reggie Jackson, Leaky Beasley, and Duncan Robinson as your top six ESPN streamers who are all available in over 50% of fantasy basketball leagues. Today's episode is also brought to you by the Game Time app. You should not have to worry when you want to buy tickets for your next big event. Why should you? Like, that? Who wants a hassle experience? It's fun. It's entertainment. Let's make the ticket buying process easy and enjoyable without the nonsense that goes on. Game Time has killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, so many guarantees, including their best price guarantee. So if you see a ticket in the same section, same row, they will beat the difference by, or they'll refund you the difference uh, 110%. 110% of that difference, they will refund you with their game time guarantee. They've also got the exclusive flash deals, sponsor deals on tickets for basketball, baseball, football, concerts, comedy, theater, whatever it is. They have got that for you over at game time. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time. Download the game time app, create an account and use the code locked on NBA for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem the code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-B-A for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets. Lowest price guaranteed. All right, let's look at some category league streams to round out this show. For the points category, I am going with Jordan Hawkins. You probably saw his head on the thumbnail if you're watching on YouTube. You probably saw his photo on the album cover for the podcast because I do think there is really good value in Jordan Hawkins for Saturday's games. He's going to be a good points option. The asterisk remains on Reggie Jackson, but he could be a really good option for you there as well. Karis Levert, it's been a rough run from him, but I don't mind the opportunity to use him because he can always pop off. He might not, but he can. Leaky Beasley's on that list. Obi Toppin at 43%. If there's anything that Obi can do, and there is one thing, he can score sometimes if they pump the minutes in. And especially important, if they do run him as a backup center, that helps him get closer to the rim, theoretically, to put up more numbers. And the other one there for scoring is Mo Wagner, who we know is a prolific permanent scorer. In terms of three-pointers, we're going Geordie Hawkins again and Leaky Beasley. They're the top of the list. They're probably your two best streams, I would say, uh, for the games on Saturday. Isaiah Joe's always in, in the mix to hit six of them. Grant Williams doesn't do anything else offensively apart from shoot three, so he's there. And then we've got Nikhil Alexander-Walker, who will shoot up this list if Anthony Edwards is out. He's available everywhere and could be an interesting guy to look at, and he's probably going to be startable if Goose is out. And the other one there is Royce O'Neal, who a lot of people added yesterday. Um, he didn't play. And then they dropped him again, but you might want to consider him uh, an option to stream in on Saturday if you're in need of what he brings, although it is uh, obviously somewhat risky. For rebounds, 
Derek Lively tops it out for me here. I do have Kelly Olenek there because I'm just not sure what they're going to do with Yurt7. If they do still start Yurt7, then Olenek's value does drop because it's just an extra body there at center. Olenek's just hovering around this 21, 22-minute mark, which is weird considering how good he was for this team playing 28 a night last season. But they, yeah, limiting him for Yurt7 is a very questionable coaching move, I would suggest. Trey Lyles is there as a rebound option. He can do that. There's just not many good rebound options available to stream on Saturday. You've got Dayron Sharp, who can easily pull double digits in 17 minutes. Gogo Badadze is a six or seven rebound guy in 20 minutes. And then the big fella, he got double-digit rebounds last game, the, the big avocado, Andre Drummond, and that was with big minutes for Nikola Vucevic. I don't think that DeRozan or Levine's absence impacts Drummond that much. It's just him getting out there and grabbing boards. That's what he does. And if, if something happened to Vucevic, well, he'd be a very interesting ad. In terms of assists, I am going to throw Dyson Daniels at the top there, along with Reggie Jackson with the same caveat applied. Kelly Linux, an interesting out-of-position assist guy, but it's uh, it's tough out there, mate. There's not that many assists on a Saturday. Andrew Nembhard got minutes over TJ McConnell. Maybe he's a four-assist player. Kyle Anderson might get your six assists, but he might get three points. His minutes aren't really spiking. And then the other one, do you want a 10% shooter? Because Taylor Horton Tucker's here, but he could also get seven assists. We've seen this. This is where his value lies now, is in being a guy that, hey, I really need assists. Let's try somebody. Horton Tucker's probably that guy. And he could have a game where he has 20 points on eight shots, or he could have eight points on 20 shots. That is the conundrum with him. But the assists do come relatively consistently for Talon. If we're looking at steals, Dyson Daniels on top of the list. A lot of Pelicans here. Dyson Daniels there. Matisse Thibel. Well, that's all he does. Alex Caruso. Probably should have featured Caruso in a few more spots. With Levine out and DeRozan questionable, Caruso played good minutes last game. We know there's always a risk of that toe falling off or something happening, but the steals are, are there. Leaky Beasley's been getting a lot of them. Dylan Brooks is a good steal streamer. And then Nikhil Alexander-Walker also down the bottom, a name that is coming up quite a bit. In terms of blocks, we're looking at... Bismack Biombo with Xavier Tillman maybe returning, but we don't know. Derek Lively, good block option. Isaiah Jackson might play 10 minutes, might have five fouls, might also have five blocks. Jalen Smith is out, and if they somewhat limit Miles Turner and Jackson somehow stays out of foul trouble, I'm not joking here. If he played 20 minutes, it is actually possible he has 10 blocks. Now, I would never say that Biombo could do that, or Goga's going to do that, or Derek Lively's going to do that, but Jackson could. Yeah, it's 1% chance, but he's going to rack them up. Goga's there as a blocks guy, and then we get into some more iffy ones. Pat Williams usually can give you a block, maybe two. Doesn't have the absolute high-level upside of some of these other players for the blocks category. So Drew Eubanks is probably less likely than Pat Williams to get a single block, but he's more likely to be able to put a three or four block game together. And that's where you've got to debate. Do you want the safety of one to two that Pat gives you or the four block upside that Drew Eubanks has? Because Eubanks could do that. Nurkic gets in foul trouble, he struggles. Eubanks gets on fire, blocks four shots in a half. It happens, and it has happened already this season. And that can be a hard thing to, for me to project, but also for you to make that decision on when you're trying to chase that one category. For field goal percentage, Obi Toppin's quite high up there on that list. He's a good option there. Derek Lively, Mo Wagner, Goga Badadze, Andre Drummond, and Bismack Biombo, all six of those names we've already mentioned in other category sections. For free throw percentage, most of these guys we've mentioned as well. Kelly Linux, a pretty good free throw guy, uh, but I do really like Jordan Hawkins again. Grayson Allen is off the injury report, and with the likelihood or potential likelihood that Devin Booker is out, Allen is going to have a pretty sizable role, and he's an excellent free throw guy. The pencil, Harrison Barnes. Barnesy, he's at 45% rostered, and Hawkins, Allen, Barnes, all in-season tournament guys. So they can give you a nice little boost, and then they also play on the low volume Monday, Tuesday. Joshua Richardson's been hitting his free throws. And the other name, which I haven't mentioned much today, is Marcus Sasser. 
He was great last game. I don't know what the hell to make of this Pistons rotation. Is Ivy the 11th man again? Is Hayes and Sasser the guys who play the minutes next to Cade? Because Monty Williams definitely said that in his post-game press conference. I don't mind a Sasser ad in any 14-team league. I would love to see them start him over Hayes and just see what happens if that's what they're going to do. I'd still love for them to develop Ivy, but that team's just a complete shit show. And it's impossible to be able to tell what's going to happen uh, one day to the next with what happens in Detroit. But Sasser is at least an option there, and he's been playing very well. And let's look at some other categories now. If you're looking for a three-point percentage stream, we're going to go with Leaky Beasley. If you're looking for an assist-to-turnover stream, it's Kyle Anderson. Offensive rebounds, it's Derek Lively or Andre Drummond will be coming in behind there. And then free throws made, we're looking at Mo Wagner, who's been getting to the line at a pretty high rate and is going to have a good usage coming off the bench there for the Orlando Magic. Now, we can't do a two-for-one on this one because there's no games on Sunday. And I'm not going to do chunks either because all it is is target the in-season tournament guys Monday or Tuesday, and no one has a Monday, Tuesday back-to-back. So all you're looking at is get your in-season tournament guys in and hopefully pick the guys in the in-season tournament that you think you're going to win so you can get another game from them on Thursday. Very weird week, unprecedented week, exciting to see how it all plays out, and single elimination basketball is bloody fun, and I'm excited to watch it. And that does it for the look ahead for Saturday, the final day of week six. No game Sunday. This is the end of week six. Good luck with your streams. Follow this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app and on YouTube. We are 900 people away from hitting 70,000 subscribers. So if you're one of those 900 who is watching and hasn't hit subscribe, a favor would be awesome. I want to hit that 70,000. If I can hit it before the end of this week, it would be sick. And I would love that. And I would appreciate you doing that. And if you do hit the subscribe and you haven't, hey, leave it in the comments. Say, hey, thanks, Josh. I hit the subscribe and, and I'll give you a big love. Okay, well done, mate. You're an absolute bloody legend. All right, guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.